2: The best of the Joe show running back some of the best audio you've heard over the past 24 hours on this radio station 560 the Joe WQAM I am Dan Day give me a follow on Twitter at Dan Day radio on the way going to be hearing from the Joe Rose show they caught up with former Miami receiver Amon Richards unfortunately he had some health issues that cut his career short. He'll be discussing that, amongst some other football stuff. Dan Levitard Show. They catch up with movie-slash-sports guru Ben Lyons. Then Stephen A. Smith off today. But Dan Gracia jumps in, and he gives you your baseball fix. So if you feel as though you don't get enough baseball here on the Best of the Joe Show, you're going to get it in just a few segments. But right now, you're getting some headlines. Nikosi Perry has been named the Canes starting QB for their game against 20th-ranked Virginia tomorrow. Kickoff is at 8. Tonight in the NFL... The Giants take on the Patriots at 820. Sunday, both the Dolphins and Washington clash looking for their first win of the season here in Miami. In the college ranks this evening, it's Syracuse and NC State at 8. Then Louisiana Monroe takes on Texas State at 9-15. The Heat won again in preseason play last night, defeating Charlotte 108-95. Their next game is Monday here in Miami against the Hawks. Tonight, it's a win and advance game in the MLB playoffs between the Astros and the Rays at 7. The Panthers are back in action tomorrow night at 7 against the Sabres in Buffalo. Listen to it here on 560 The Joe WQAM. After recent NBA events being canceled in China, today a game, albeit with restrictions, was played in Shanghai with the Nets defeating the Lakers 114-111. The U.S. men's national team will kick off CONCACAF Nation's play tomorrow versus Cuba at 7. And now let's take a step into the day spa. Ah. Arkansas police recently pulled over a woman and her brother for driving without headlights. The female driver claims she was driving intoxicated because it was not her fault. What happened? She says her brother fed her a meth sandwich and also slipped some, quote-unquote, ice in her drink. Three words, Arkansas family meth. A St. Louis bar has begun not charging for drinks, but rather by the hour. Brings a whole new meaning to Power Hour. Now on to weather brought to you by Hylia Park. Tonight's forecast has a low chance of rain with temperatures around 80. Visit Hylia Park Casino every Saturday. And win your share of $10,000 in giveaways. Drawings all day long and it's free to enter. Visit HyliaPark.com for more details. Ah, the mornings are always great here on The Joe because the Joe Rose Show is happening. Earlier, they caught up with the U, former receiver, Amon Richards, what do they talk about? They talk about him going to class. Also, the bumps and bruises of life and how you have to meander through that. Also, helping out the young wide receivers at Miami. What's the Kane's big problem? And is coaching in his future?
3: We're going to talk to Amon Richards, former uh, wide receiver for the Miami Hurricanes football team. Also, this Saturday, he will be at Canesware in Davie uh, from 1 to 3 p.m., signing some autographs, doing a whole bunch of stuff there at Canesware. Always great stuff uh, at Canesware with uh, Brett and all the guys there. And Amon's going to be there 1 to 3 p.m. in Davie this week. And Amon, good morning. How are you, buddy? Good
4: morning. How are you? been,
5: man. Amon, how you been? Hey, we're wondering. You've been through so much. Gosh, how you doing these days?
4: I'm doing a lot better, man. It's been a, it's been a journey. I'll say that but I'm definitely doing a lot better you know things looking good right now so good can't, can't complain right now
5: good stuff and by the way do I, do I hear you got a class coming up here like 9 30 or something you got a class this morning yeah, go to go to well listen thanks yeah, for I got it.
4: you know got that handle school and stuff so
5: well yeah no no question about it you know it, it's it's funny you have unbelievable freshman year you break every record from all the greats that ever played it to you hit by that neck injury and and everything else. First of all, your, your health's the most important thing. But just talk about the adjustment of, of realizing no football when not too long before that, everybody was talking about you being a first-round pick.
4: It was hard, you know, doing something and just working for something since I was, what, five years old, and then to get so close to, like, a dream, and then it's just gone, you know, that was kind of hard to get over, but I think, I, I think I've think i handled the situation pretty good, you know, um, at first, it was difficult, you know, it was right. something new to me, obviously, I've, I've never been through it, you know, so I kind of had to just, just learn along the way, you know, how to deal with it, you know, and I, I think I did a pretty good job, you know, I'm definitely in a better place than I was, I'd say, a couple months ago, even, you know, so, um, I think, I think I just, you know, taught me a lot, you know, that everything goes the way you envision business in your head. And, you know, you know, just because you dream something, everyone has a dream, you know, it right. doesn't mean that's what's going to happen. You know, you just never know. So, you know, just just keep on living, you know?
3: Mine, is it tough for you to watch the games now? Because I know you're a fan now. I see you, you know, at the tailgate sometimes or doing stuff. Mm-hmm. But is, it, is <laughs> it, I know, and I love it. By the way, I love it because I love the fact you're still involved with everything out there with the fans. But mm-hmm. is it tough to watch a game sometimes now?
4: A little bit, you know, sometimes of like watching them, just like, Dang, like, I would have tried to do this here at this play, or, you know, so it's kind of hard here and you know, uh, but like I said, like, probably last year or a couple months ago, if you would ask me, like, I I was not trying to watch any games, you know, it was just hard. But, you know, now I kind of, kind of get over it a little bit, a little bit better and a little bit more. So I think I'm, uh, I just kind of enjoy the games now, just all around, whether we win or lose, I'm just kind of just enjoying the, like, I guess,
5: the experience as as a fan. Aman, I, I wanted to ask you, because you picked up things so quickly, jumping from high school to, to college as fast at, and at a dominant level so early on. Have you had a chance to, and get a chance to spend any time or talk to guys like Mark Pope or, or any other guys about things you see that, that were successful for you. That maybe Hightower and Wiggins and Pope and some of the younger guys uh, still have to learn.
4: Um, I mean, all those guys are talented, and you know, I think I think right now it's just just more of the, just more about them not having like I guess the experience. I guess like game, like real game experience, like playing like big game. So, but I definitely like when I get the chance, like I'll definitely be talking to them, you know, and trying just like you know keep them motivated to keep going, you know, like, just let them know, like, just keep working, you know, just the time's gonna come, you know, if that play's gonna come. Just keep running, keep working, you know, don't, don't stop because, you know, whether you're not getting the ball or you're not playing, you know, just, just working on your craft, and when you get
5: that chance, just take advantage of it. I'm on, I, I want to ask you this one. This is a tough one. People are going, here we go again. It's been the same old Canes. Tease us with those 10 wins that one year, but outside of that, you start to feel good or have a close loss, and next thing you know, you gotta, you're got you sitting there 2-3 and three on the season. What do you see is not happening? I know we got our own opinions for a living here on the radio every day, but what do you see? I think we need some guys to step up and make some big plays on both sides of football and it hadn't happened.
4: What do you see? just like you said man i think it's a, just a combination of a lot of things like there's like there's just like little things throughout the game that like where there's like a missed assignment here or there that just Kill killer drive or it's just a lot of different things that can just like I, I wish I could explain it to you but it's just so many things that just little things that add up eventually yeah. that just catch up to you I think once we get those corrected I think we'll be fine it's just it's just like someone has to make that play you know whether it's right to offense. someone has to get everyone like going you know someone has to just just be like that that motivational player you know and just make that play to, to get everyone going again and get everyone like feeling confident, and whether it's someone pancaking a block or, I don't know, just making a uh, a big touchdown run or, you know, I mean, you saw it when DJ had that, that long touchdown run to tie the game up. I mean, you saw how everyone going crazy. That stuff like that matters throughout the game, and I think, I think we just need more of it.
3: Amon Richards uh, joining us right now on the Toyota of Hollywood Hotline. I also saw something, Amon, about uh, on YouTube, like the story of Amon Richards. Like, explain that to the people a little bit, because I know it's in your Twitter bio as well, and I did yeah. see it that first first day when you put it out and I thought it was amazing I saw the the kind of preview for it but explain a little bit about that mm-hmm.
4: definitely working with some people at right side of marketing or uh, agency and it was just I, th- I just feel like I had a, I to tell like my story you know um, just world from how I grew up and just me playing you know just Working for something all this time, I get to the college level, you know, that it's taken away from me. And, you know, I just feel like a lot of people go through or have been through something similar, whether it's they played in high school they didn't get an offer to college or they're playing youth and didn't make it to gym playing high school or they didn't go to NFL. And a lot of people start to look at you in a different way. They kind of look at you as like a failure or you didn't make it. You know, and then I'm just kind of trying to push the message of, even though if you don't make it to – the NFL or you didn't play in college or you didn't play in high school there's a lot more things you could do other than football you know you're not just an athlete you know like football is what you did it's not right. who you are and that's kind of what I'm trying to show people that I wasn't just a football player you know it's just something I did you know I just happened to be good at it you know that's kind of my whole message with it man I'm just going to show people a different side of me you know other than football you know just a genuine me you know whether it's me go back to my high school and just, you know, walking through and just show love to people, you know, just kind of walking through campus, just... So sure, people just like a, this a lot man. That's
5: it. No, it's great stuff. That's great stuff. By the way, I'm on as you know, football comes doing in for everybody. And uh, and so don't ever feel like that, man. I, I hope you don't feel like that. And, yes, people will treat you. When you're on top of the world, everybody treats you one way, and then a lot of people jump off the old hill, man, when uh, things aren't going well I or you go exactly. through stuff. And I'm sure you've seen that and going, wow. He sure liked me when I had three touchdowns in a game, but, like, uh, all of a sudden, yeah. can't help what he liked. So it's uh, different. So it's a great message, but uh, man, you sound like you got it together. You want to coach, by the way? Is that yes. something you've, you thought about coaching?
4: Oh, um, I definitely. I've thought about it, you know. But I'm kind of. I'm still, I guess, in like the stages of trying to just get over it a little bit more because yeah. I still feel like, like I, I could go out there, and, you know, and. <laughs> Run like run out right now, you know, and, and make an impact on the game. So I'm kind of like once I'm kind of like you know kind of pass out a little bit, then it's yeah. like okay, like I'm I'm not a player, you know. Because I still kind of feel like. I'm gonna play in a team because there's still players from our class that are still right. playing. So it's kind of like, dang, like I still should be playing, you know. So once that kind of passes a little bit, then I kind of you know think about it.
5: Well, how would you do on the recruiting? Because I was thinking about putting you up in Palm Beach, and you and I will go to the dark gray area of recruiting <laughs> up in Palm. We'll go up to your home and where, where they all know you up there. Bring the old guy with you, and let's get that done. We'll uh, we'll do that together. Would you be all right at that?
4: And hey man, I, you know, I think I'm, I think I'm a great recruiter, man. I think I connect well with with people, especially people my age, you know, and just athletes in general. You know, I think he's just
3: a different connection Yeah. Amon, if you want to stay out of trouble in the recruiting stuff, just leave Joe Rose at home, okay? Leave Joe at home. You do your own thing and don't worry about it. And by the way, if you want to go see Amon, it's this Saturday, October 12th, 1 to 3 p.m. at Caneswear in Davie, 2511 South University Drive. Great place for all your Canes gear, anything you need Canes-wise, and you get to meet on this weekend, 1 to 3 p.m. on Saturday.
5: Amon, thank you so
2: much, man, for coming on. Good luck with everything. Really appreciate you coming on.
4: No problem, man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
2: Inspiring story there. The Joe Rose Show catching up with former The U wide receiver Amon Richards. Kind of dealt a bad hand when it comes to sports, but making the most of the hand he was dealt. Of course, you can download the podcast for The Joe Rose Show, this show, or any of the shows that you hear on 560 Joe simply by going to our website, wqam.com, downloading the radio.com app, or wherever you get your podcasts for absolutely free. Up next, it's not me, Dan Day. Well, I'll be around. But Dan Lebetard, a Miami great, going to be diving into the movies and some sports. It's the best of the Joe show. Back at you on the best of the Joe show, running back some of the best audio that you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. Hola, Miyamo Dan Day. Follow me on Twitter at Dan Day Radio. Always got some fun stuff there. And they're always having fun on the Dan Lebutard show, especially when they have guests. Guy who knows a lot about sports and movies. Ben Lyons joins the guy, even though Dan not joining his own show. He's on his honeymoon. Have a very nice honeymoon. I don't know what you're doing right now, Dan. I'm sure it's something very nice. You know, it's your honeymoon after all. Nonetheless, they're talking to Ben Lyons about movies. Also, who is the best Joker? They play a game called Real or Fake Movie. and A little bit of Dodgers Disappointment. Good afternoon. How are you? It's, it's good, good morning. morning
6: here in Los Angeles. It's also morning it's also in the East Coast here. as well. Good afternoon. I don't know why I did that, Ben. It's good, good afternoon. afternoon in Europe, maybe. Well, good afternoon. I thought that's where Ben was. Good oh. afternoon, Ben.
7: Does my presence require such formality, Scott? <laughs> I don't know why. I, did that. No. I don't
6: know why I did that. We were discussing best heist movies of all times uh, right before you came on. Um, I think I've never thought of Point Break as a heist movie, so I'm going to retract that when I said that because to me it's just a straight action movie but ben i'll ask you what is the best heist movie of all time
7: it's- I think there's a series of heists in Point Break. And if you actually go and watch the original Fast and Furious, it's the same exact movie as Point Break. Keanu Reeves and Paul Walker, rest in peace, playing the same exact characters, infiltrating these underground organizations, falling for the sister of the leader of the gang. It's the same movie. So if you're going to mention Point Break is a great heist movie, then I appreciate you throwing in one quarter mile at a time, the Fast and Furious as well. Um, Putting me on the spot, a recent one in years, the score... With Ed Norton, remember that, and, yeah. and and Robert De Niro, and um and uh, that's a good one that comes to mind. They shot it in Montreal with Angela Bassett. But also like it, it, like for me, like a recent one, uh, uh, the greatest one of all time is The Sting, obviously. Um, the old like we're gonna be cinephiles for Adnan Burke, like the old. Paul Newman, like The Sting, is a great uh, great heist movie. But uh, I, I would I would say uh, you know maybe uh, Inside Man in recent years with Spike Lee directed his highest grossing film uh, today with Clive Owen. That's a good one in recent years.
0: Ben, we were talking about the Joker. Um, Mike and I saw it and we loved it um, for a number of different reasons. Uh, I thought Joaquin Phoenix's performance was stellar. Was fantastic what did you make of all of it
7: it's not a traditional movie going experience let alone a traditional comic movie going experience you're watching an actor really lose himself in a performance that is just mesmerizing like a lot of joaquin phoenix movies and performances i have really no desire to go back and watch it again um it's haunting it's disturbing he's beautiful at times on screen he's he's disgusting at other times obviously and menacing. But if you go and look at recent films, I mean, you know, he's been creepy in a lot of things, right? Whether it's The Master and a small role opposite Nicole Kidman and To Die For. I even went back the other night with my wife and we were just watching her to see how it held up with all the uh, love of cell phones and technology. And he's such a weirdo in that movie. But this is taking it to extreme heights. And it's got a it's got like a darkness that weighs on you days after seeing it. So um, he's incredible, but the movie is a tough two hours to watch.
6: Who played the role the best? Joaquin Phoenix, Heath Ledger, Jack Nicholson.
7: For me, it's Ledger because he does the most with the least amount of time on screen. Joaquin's in every frame of this movie. Ledger's on on screen for, I believe, 20 minutes total in that movie, maybe even less. And his presence is felt in even the scenes that he's not in. And there's an homage to, the, to to Ledger's performance in this with the scene of Joaquin in a cop car with the lights and him looking out the window. I mean, that was that was true, true cinema at its highest form back in 08 when when the late, great Heath, Led- Heath Ledger did that. So I go with Heath as my number one Joker. And, of course, Cesar Romero, who played him on the TV show and went to my high school. Shout out to Collegiate. Nice.
0: Uh, we're gonna play a game with Ben here in a second with the guys. Uh, he plays this great game where he creates, the, the game is called Real or Fake Movie, and he creates like this, <laughs> this promo for the movie, talks about the, uh, you know, the awards that it could be getting and being lined up for, and the guys have to guess if it's real or fake. We play it on my LA radio show with him, and the fans, you know, the audience really love it, so we're gonna do that. But I know, Ben, you're a big sports guy, you work at ESPN with me uh, in LA as well. Uh, the Dodgers lose, Stugatz was right. Stu Gatz yes. has been has been yammering about Clayton Kershaw being a fake ace for a long time. You follow the Dodgers very closely. What did you make of what you saw yesterday? Like, How do you even describe what you saw?
7: This might not only be the first time Stu Gatz has been right, but it's maybe the first time <laughs> he's agreed with my father since Juana Man. My dad loves that movie, and I'm sure Stu Gatz does as well. Of course. My dad has been calling me all summer long, telling me that Clayton's not the guy, and to get a phone call last night just after 9 o'clock on the West Coast knowing my father is about to be 75 is staying up past midnight on the East Coast just so he can call me and tell me he's not the guy makes this even worse. But then they show the, the shot of Clayton on the bench um, by himself. And I don't know if this happened to your television set, but they started playing The Sound of Silence by, by Paul Simon. And it was so depressing. And I felt so bad for this man. My heart really broke this morning. Last night, forget the Dodgers. They'll be back next year. They'll be back for the next ten years because they're going to charge me thirty dollars for parking, and they're going to buy who's ever good, and they're going to be back. But Clayton Kershaw's legacy, his his whole life is it's just not the same. And I just I really feel for him more so than I do for the Dodgers. The Dodgers will be back, but Clayton will never be the same. That was that was. I'm, I mean, right.
0: the, the picture of him on the Internet just sitting on the bench by himself, I mean, that that's a photograph that will last for a long My time. My wife
6: was saying they were going to him too much. She felt badly for him. Like, leave him alone. Yeah. <laughs>
7: yeah.
6: I said they can't go yeah, to him enough.
7: There's, there's some Stu gots in the truck who's like, back to Kershaw, back to Kershaw. <laughs> I, want the yeah. I want more pain. I want, who cares about the next pitch from Kenta Maeda? Go back to Kershaw.
6: Uh, ben Lyons continues with us here on ESPN Radio. All right, so, George, set up this game. This is a game that yes. you and Ben play on your show – in LA. So right. Set this game up. So
0: we play a game. Basically, it's called Real or Fake. Um, and he does a promo for a movie. He'll tell you the backstory of the particular character who's the protagonist or the antagonist or whatever. And then he'll even sell you on this movie did this, got this reception at uh, this film festival, blah, blah, blah. And you have to guess whether this is an actual film that's being made or something Ben just totally made up.
6: This is a game, our show, The Shipping Container Myself. We will love this game. So I'm looking forward right. to So, this, Ben,
0: okay? how many do you have?
7: Well, I have like nine or ten. I know we're up against it, though. And I- see so many movies, so for me, I need your guys' help, kind of which ones are real, which ones are fake. One of those movies I saw was up at Toronto. It's from a director named Destin Davo Creighton. It's called Just Mercy, and it stars Michael B. Jordan as a civil rights attorney, opposite Oscar winners Brie Larson. Uh, Jamie Foxx, and uh, George's friend, O'Shea Jackson Jr.
0: All right. So do you guys want to take a stab at it individually, or do you want to do it as a collective? Hmm.
7: Well, the shipping container will speak as a collective. Okay. And there's one person here that has conviction. Okay.
3: Chris? I think that's real.
0: Okay. Stugatz, you want to take a, a shot at it? I'm with Chris. I think it's real. Okay, Ben?
7: That's a real movie. It's yeah. You know, early Oscar buzz for Michael B. Jordan. Yes. So good, okay. good, good job out of the game. Okay. Now, uh, Wait, I feel like I'm kind of
1: cheating, though. Like, I actually saw something about that movie. Should I, like, t- if
7: I know, like... You need
3: to
0: stay out of it then, Yeah.
7: Yeah.
3: Wait, all's fair.
0: No, no, it's all fair. It's fine. Right, okay, right. it's fine. Ben will listen. Ben will step up his game.
7: Go ahead, Ben. Oh, no, Chris, you're, Chris, you're on the scene at Sundance and Telluride. Right? I get it. It's totally fine. <laughs> you're gonna do. You're gonna say
0: one. I'm sitting this one out. Then we'll know that you've seen a preview and it's real anyway. Right? Exactly. All right, go ahead, Ben. We only got like three let's go minutes.
7: For, let's go for another one. A uh, happiest season. It's from director Clea DuVall. It stars Kristen Stewart and Mackenzie Davis it's about a young woman who plans to propose to her girlfriend at a family holiday party, but comes to find out that her girlfriend hasn't come out yet to her family
0: wow. real or fake?
6: Fake. fake fake what do you guys think stu he'd never go real real so i'm gonna go fake Okay, I,
7: ben uh that's a real movie, oh! a movie oh, it's one of the first gay rom-coms so shout out I've to Kristen stewart that. happiest season coming in 2020 um <laughs> this one obviously stu remembers it's called crooked arrows with the other superman brandon routh it's about a native american lacrosse team making its way through a prep school tournament and It was directed by Steve Rash. Uh, it's called Crooked Arrows. Hmm. All
0: right, real or fake shipping container? I'm this going.
7: Re- I'm going real. Hey, it's what fake. happened to the collector? Yeah, collect- <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm
0: going real as well. I'm going real. Okay, here. go ahead. What shipping container? What yeah. is your answer? Yeah. Uh, Chris says real. He has conviction. Okay, so. Stugatz, you say real? I'm going real. I have conviction. All right, Ben?
7: Chris and Stugatz are the only people not related to Brandon Routh saw Crooked Arrows. That's a real lacrosse movie. Yes. Oh, all right. Yes. All right. Oh, Chris yes. has got the hot hand. Yes. All right. Look at that. Uh, What's next, Ben? A Sundance movie I saw called Breaking Apart. It's from first-time filmmaker Antonia Thompson. It's about a small town in Oklahoma that's recovering from a terrible storm. A young girl goes missing. <laughs> Jeremy Renner plays her hard drinking father, and she would tell is the FBI agent assigned to the case. has got to be a fake Real, or, in there real or fake? I
0: mean. Shipping container. Fake. fake. Yeah, first time filmmaker. Yeah. I'm going to go
7: real. I'm going to go real. I right, Ben. First time filmmaker means it's fake? Uh, it is fake, but that's but! Not. Yeah. It's fake, but it's just one of the things
0: that I would throw in there on a fake uh, on a fake film. Also, he said I saw it at Sundance. <laughs> right? How
7: about this one? How about this one from the director of The Rider? Chloe Zhao comes The Eternal. It's the story of a race of immortal beings who helped shape civilization on Earth. It's with Angelina Jolie, Gemma Kent, and Selma Hayek. Mm. All
0: right, real or fake? Shipping container. Fake. fake. Fake and the writer is also fake. It's layered. Hmm.
7: Uh, real writer and real movie. How about that? All right, Ben. The writer, directed by Chloe Zhao, was on my top ten in Obama, so that movie's real. And then also The Eternals is a huge Marvel movie that's coming out next year. Oh, Yay! look at What's that. Up? What's up? Who's got the hot hand now? Yeah. yeah. All right, Ben. Keep going. Last one here. You know those big celebrity movies, right, that Gary Marshall used to do like Valentine's Day or you know New Year's Eve where they get a bunch of people in a movie. There's another one coming from director Adam Shankman. It's called It Is You, It's Not Me, and it's with, like, everybody. Chris Evans, Dan Hathaway, Derek Luke, Zazie B, Aquafina – Dennis Quaid. It's like twenty people in the movie. I feel like it would have a better title. Yeah, this is a yeah, fakest fake. movie. Mm. All right,
0: so you're going fake shipping container? Yeah, that's what Chris yeah, has.
6: Mm. Fake, Stugatz? Know. I'll go fake. I'll go fake as well. There's gonna be a fake one sprinkled in here.
7: Yeah, not not my best effort there. <laughs> yeah, not me. I thought it was a good idea though. Um, all right, there it is.
0: Ben Lyons, <laughs> check out the Lions Den podcast. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Thanks,
7: guys. Appreciate it. I love you, Clayton. I still love you. I always will. Oh, will you
2: guys. knock it off. Get out of here. Dan Lebatard Show talking sports and movies. That's always fun. That's always good. And I like that real or fake movie. Of course, you can listen to Dan Lebatard Show weekdays from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. right here on 560 The Joe. And following the Dan Lebitard Show during weekdays, Stephen A. Smith, kind of like Dan Lebatard, Stephen A. Smith out today with Dan Gracia. He's got you covered next, giving you your baseball fix. The best of the Joe Show. We're back with the best of the Joe Show, running back. Some of that audio that you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. Really just the best of the best audio that you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day. I am on Twitter at Dan Day Radio. Give me a follow. I get very excited when I make new friends. I want to make friends. Bring people together, not pull them apart. Dan Gracia saying the Dodgers, they're pulling us apart when he filled in for Stephen A. Smith. They need to start winning some games. Whose fault is it? Baseball, baseball, baseball. If you say we don't play enough baseball stuff on the Best of the Joe show, here is your fix. Also, Dan Gracia going to be talking about Kershaw's legacy, maybe too much sabermetrics, and Dodger Stadium an October party zone, but not for the home team. It's not often when we do this show that baseball is going to be the
1: lead story and that baseball is going to take up most of the show, but that is what is in store for this afternoon here. On a jam-packed Thursday, two games yesterday, we got our NLCS all set up. Tonight, we're going to find out who the fourth participant in the MLB Final Four is going to be. Got a game five between the Strohs and the Tampa Bay Rays down in Houston, which we'll get to a little bit later on, with our ESPN baseball analyst, Mark Teixeira, who will join me coming up at 2 o'clock Eastern time. But right now, I mean, we got to start what happened Last night at Chavez Ravine, and to me, that was the headliner game last night. That was the blockbuster. When you had Strasburg, you had Walker Buehler, you have a winner-take-all Game 5 Dodger Stadium, a team that's been to the last two World Series, a Nationals team, which has been competitive, certainly, and had many trips to the playoffs over the last several years, but have never been able to break through and even win a round in the Major League postseason. So there were so many things at stake for that game last night. And I'm not saying woulda, coulda, shoulda, in hindsight. I'm not patting myself on the back now. Okay, go check my Twitter feed for crying out loud. I just had a feeling in my gut. I can't explain it that I thought the Nationals were going to find a way to win that baseball game last night. I just did. And without question, it's the biggest win in the history of the franchise. If you're a Nationals fan, you are on cloud nine today. Your feet probably haven't even hit the ground. It's one thing to finally move on and win a series. Like, even if you knocked out the Atlanta Braves division rival, all right, that's one thing. If you beat the St. Louis Cardinals, even with all their history and congratulations to that organization, we'll talk about them coming up a little bit later on here. But to go out there on the road at Dodger Stadium... As I said, against the team that won 106 games during the regular season, that was still the odds-on favorite to get back to the World Series for a third straight year. And to finally kick all the ghosts out of the organization with that performance last night was huge. Huge! And in sports sometimes, you can't explain it. Sometimes in sports, teams are just due. Some teams, the wait has been long enough. Eventually, it's time for them to win a big one. Finally, they're going to kick that door down. And that's what the Nationals did last night. You go back to 2004 with the Boston Red Sox, when they finally, finally beat the New York Yankees, got rid of the curse of the Bambino, came back from 3-0 down in dramatic fashion there in the 4 ALCS, and then went on to win a World Series. Red Sox in 4 You look at the Cubs in 2016, Finally, they were able to break the curse and win a world championship. Having to go seven games, having to overcome that Rajay Davis home run there in Cleveland in Game 7, have to wait out the raindrops, in extra inning, made it even more dramatic for them, and then they eventually got that World Series. And the Nationals, you know what? Same thing for them last night. You fall behind in an early hole at 3 nothing, And at that point, every National fan in America was probably sitting there thinking, well, Strasburg, who's probably been our best pitcher all season long, and by the way, the guy that I had the most faith in taking that baseball last night, I know Scherzer pitched a great game in Game 4, but he has not been the Max are of old since he came back from that injury late in the baseball season. Okay, Patrick Corbin was awful in relief the other day, even though he's had a good season. Strasburg was the guy that you wanted on the mound in that spot last night, and he gave up the three runs in the first two innings. But here's what you like about Steven Strasburg, and this is why you still had a chance to get to that Dodger bullpen in the late innings and win the game, because Steven Strasburg minimized the damage, and that's what you expect an ace pitcher to do. You expect an ace to go out there and calm things down, and that's what he did. You know, when this season kicked off, you didn't know necessarily what to expect for them. Of course, Bryce Harper leaving, signing with the rival Phillies in the offseason, maybe threw everybody for a loop a little bit. He was the face of the franchise, arguably one of the faces of baseball. You didn't know how they'd be able to bounce back from that. The bullpen was an absolute mess early on, again, because that was an Achilles heel for this team a year ago. They get off to a nineteen and thirty-one start. Everybody is calling Dave Martinez's job into question. Should they make a change? I mean, in mid season, you thought that the the Nationals maybe would go in that direction just to maybe save the season with all the talent they still have in that clubhouse because Anthony Rendon's a free agent at the end of the year. Steven Strasburg can opt out of his contract, leave $100 million still on the table, and just hope that somebody else is going to give him that money and then some on the open market, which I still think is going to happen. You lost Max Scherzer for a couple of months with all of his Cy Young awards during the season. Yet at the very end, here they were, they still made the playoffs, they performed brilliantly in the second half of the season, then they get into the wild card game, and they have to rally from behind against the Milwaukee Brewers, a Brewers team, which came in red hot with nothing to lose with Christian Yelich out of the lineup. They were, what, four outs away from extinction in the wild card game, yet they found a way to persevere, and to get the win. So all these little things kept adding up throughout this run. And that's why when you got to last night and you were down 3 nothing. you said, game still isn't over yet. Still have a chance to come from behind. And that's when it gets fun. Not if you're a Dodger fan, but if you're a Nationals fan. And yet again, we sit here and we have to call to the question some really, really head-scratching managerial moves in a big spot here in the month of October. And you know that I'm talking about Dave Roberts and the Los Angeles Dodgers. Now... Clayton Kershaw in the month of October, enough has been said. I know it, you know it, he knows it. And he even alluded to as much after the game last night. He's like, I know what the conversation is. I know about October. I know about my performance. I know it's not good. That's all anybody's going to want to talk about. And he's absolutely right. Because yet again, he was put in a position by his manager to go out there and get a couple of big outs on a big stage, help get his team to the League Championship Series, and he couldn't do it. And I hate to take away some of the luster from the Nationals and their fans on this day, but it's only the LDS, it's not even the League Championship Series, and it's certainly not the World Series. Congrats to you for finally winning a round, and for moving on, but last night is more about the Dodgers losing and giving that game away again than it was the Nationals winning. I'm sorry. And I think a lot of other people would feel that way as well. You win 106 games, and now you're out in the first round, and you have nothing to show for it. And you could say, well, you know what, they've had a good run, they went to -to back-to-back World Series Ready? but they didn't win them. They didn't win them. This is like a Buffalo Bills syndrome going on, except Buffalo even made it to four Super Bowls before they couldn't find a way to get to the top of the mountain. Dodgers, they couldn't even get to a third World Series, which, again, is difficult to do, folks. Okay, nobody has gone to three straight World Series in the National League since the Cardinals did it in the early 40s. That is a very, very difficult thing to accomplish, and the Dodgers fell short of that again last night. And the bullpen for this baseball team, which for the most part has been a little bit of a slippery slippery slope for them all season long, it came back to bite them in that game last night. The bridge to Kenley Jansen, and even Kenley has had his ups and downs. That hurt them again last night, except the difference between a regular season game and what happened last night is that Dave Roberts was not going to one of his starting pitchers In relief in the regular season, he did that last night with Kershaw. And the problem with the game today is that now these teams, and the Dodgers are one of them, they are so heavily reliant on analytics and data and the computers that it seems like it's taken over the game and completely just eliminated the human element from any sort of strategy and decision-making and whatever type of maneuvering you have to do over the course of a game. Okay, I understand that it's a huge component of what Major League Baseball is in 2019. I get that. But there still is a little bit of the gut, a little bit of that human factor that you have to go into some of these games when you're making decisions, especially in October, and especially with a lot on the line like you had last night in that game. And you saw this a little bit last year from the Dodgers and from Dave Roberts in October in the World Series. And it came back to bite him. And my thing is this. Okay, it may sound very simple, but I don't think truer words have ever been spoken. You cannot map out a game and you cannot manage a game with a computer before the game even starts. You cannot do that because things happen over the course of a nine inning baseball game that a computer cannot account for. All right. A computer can't account for how a guy is out there on the mound and he's feeling or how he's attacking hitters or maybe if the pitch counts run a little long. The computer can't account for all that stuff. So when you're handling your bullpen and you're thinking about whether or not i should go to clayton kershaw and whatnot and some of the comments from the manager after the game last night when dave roberts says that we didn't want kente maida to face juan soto if that situation called for it there in the eighth inning and that's why he stuck with clayton kershaw you saw what happened that's the computer that's the data that's the strategy can't do that that has to override everything else that the computer is telling you. you got to go on what you see with your own two eyes. Because what I see with my eyes and what everybody else has seen with their eyes, including the manager, is that in the month of October, this pitcher is a shell of what he is during the regular season. And we're talking about one of the best pitchers of this generation, maybe the best pitcher in this generation, a guy who's going to go into the Hall of Fame on roller skates. First ballot Hall of Famer. But the guy's ERA in the month of October is almost two full runs higher than what it is in the regular season. And we've seen it before. We're not talking about one or two appearances here. We got a nice sample size here. Walker Buehler gave him last night everything that you could have asked for and then some. So then you get into that seventh inning. He throws you 117 pitches. You have two outs. He got the lefty Adam Eaton coming up. You want to go to Kershaw in that situation, I got no problem with it. Calling him in in the seventh to get you one out is more than okay. He gets eaten on three pitches. One, two, three, gone. You're in the dugout. You still got yourself a lead going into the eighth inning. Now you gotta find a way to get six outs. And I know that hindsight is twenty-twenty. It's a classic twenty-twenty. I get it. But in that situation, because of A, who the pitcher is, B, what he's done in October in his career, that moment, you got a rested bullpen. You got four guys that you could turn to who are fresh as a daisy. That you can give the baseball to, you can play the matchup game, and then eventually get the ball to your closer and say, take us to the league championship series. But the fact that Dave Roberts didn't do that, the fact that Dave Roberts did not shake Clayton Kershaw's hand after that had a meeting at bat and say, job well done, we'll talk to you next round. He decided to put his faith in the pitcher. And he said, you know what, go out there and start the eighth. And you never should have started the 8th. Because we all know what happened. Anthony Rendon happened. Talking about one of the best hitters in baseball. And then one pitch later, Juan Soto happened. And then all of a sudden, whole new ballgame. And you tell me, As soon as it was 3-3, did anybody in America think the Dodgers were winning that game last night? Everything that I talked about previously, about the Nationals being due, you have that feeling that eventually they're going to break through. At that moment, they might as well have started to cover up the clubhouse there for the Nationals because there was going to be a champagne and a a Budweiser party there in the clubhouse because you knew that they were winning that game. You put too much faith in a player who, more often than not, has not gotten it done for you this time of year, and that's what happens. You should have started Kente Maeda in that eighth inning. Maeda's only given up a hit in the entire series. The entire series. And then when it was too late, when he had to go get Kershaw, what happens? Maeda comes in, one, two, three, Strikes out the side. That's not to say he would have got both of those guys because it's classic hindsight. We don't know. But I guarantee you, I'm pretty confident he wasn't going to give up back-to-back home runs to Rendon and to Juan Soto. And even if you want to burn Maida, you had Pedro Baez sitting there. You had Kalaric for the lefty-lefty if you wanted to have him face Soto. You had Dustin May for crying out loud. Horrible job. And then, to make matters worse, once you get into the ninth, you go to Joe Kelly. And then you put your faith in a guy who who, let's be honest, probably was one of the worst free agent signings or the most disappointing free agent signings in all of baseball last offseason. Now, is this a case of the manager trying to pacify his bosses? Because they gave Joe Kelly all that money after, you know, a couple of good weeks with the Boston Red Sox last October. And that's what netted him all that cash on the open market. But he wasn't good. He wasn't good. You got Kenley Jansen sitting there in the ninth inning still. You got Baez. You got Dustin May. I mean, I'm giving you all these names that you still are just saving there in the bullpen. What are you saving them for? It's like a football coach who goes to the end of the half or the end of the game with all these timeouts and he doesn't use them. What are you using them or what are you saving them for? Joe Kelly? And then you get burned by him. So think about that. If you're Dave Roberts, if you're anybody with the Los Angeles Dodgers now, you're going to have to go the entire offseason, the entire winter, those long strolls down the beach in Santa Monica, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, snowfall everything until you get back down there to spring training again when the head hits the pillow each and every night that you had Joe Kelly on the mound with your season on the line and you had all these other options available for you in the bullpen Joe Kelly and then you get through the ninth and oh by the way he did the second worst thing you brought him out for the 10th you brought him out for another inning Joe Kelly is not a two winning option he's not. And I understand that Jansen, maybe their faith in him was diminished to a certain degree. I get it. After all, they removed him from that closer role late in the season because he was so spotty. But the Dodgers had such a huge lead in the division, it didn't become that big of a deal. So you maybe say that they were a little bit cautious as to how they wanted to run him out. But what are you doing? You're saving him for a save situation at home in extra innings? There's no such thing. It's extra innings. You're the home team. You're going to have a walk-off. What are you saving them for? It just makes no sense to me at all. And look, I've heard people talk here over the last couple of hours about what is this going to mean for the Dodgers moving forward? What is this going to mean for Dave Roberts potentially? Look, I would be stunned if they go ahead and make a move and fire the manager after last night. Did he have a good game? Absolutely not. Do you want to crush him? Am I justified? Is every other guy doing a talk show in America right for holding his feet to the fire after last night? Absolutely. He'd probably tell you as much, too. But the guy just signed a four-year contract extension in December. They're not firing Dave Roberts. I would be stunned if they move on from him. Unless Gabe Kapler was let go this morning by the Philadelphia Phillies. Gabe Kapler's got ties to that Dodger organization. That's where he came from. Andrew Friedman, who's running the show, has a strong affinity for Kapler. That would maybe be the only move they look to make. And again, I think that that is still a step down if you're going from Dave Roberts to Gabe Kapler. I mean, what does Gabe Kapler doing two years with the Philadelphia Phillies? This offseason, how much money did that franchise spend, right? Remember the owner back in the offseason said that they're prepared to spend stupid money, which they did, because how much did they give Bryce Harper? And they didn't even make the playoffs. So if you couldn't win with that team, if you couldn't win with all that payroll, then what the heck you think you're bringing him into L.A. with a team made to win, ready to win? How's that situation going to work out? Nobody's changing managers with the Dodgers. It's not going to happen. It's on the players, okay? Because they also bear some of this responsibility. Yeah, Kershaw didn't get it done in October. I get it. Joe Kelly, as I said, you're giving him all this money for crying out loud. He had a horrible year, and he came up small for you again last night. How about how about uh, Cody Bellinger, who might win an MVP this year? Everybody wants to say he's the greatest player in the game. And look, he's a fantastic player. Don't get me wrong. How was he in this series? He was atrocious. He was nowhere to be found. I don't care about the catch that he made like Spider-Man scaling the wall there last night. Who cares? How about at the plate? What did you do with the plate? Nothing. Cody Bellinger got a couple of more hits this series than I did. Those are the guys that let the Dodgers down. Kershaw's not the same pitcher even in the regular season anymore. Did you see those ones that Rendon and Soto clubbed out of the ballpark? His fastball are like 89. So when he's trying to mix in a slider up there... There really isn't that much differentiation from his fastball and his breaking stuff. So if you're a hitter, it looks all the same to you. So there's not that deception. It's not going to fool you. Oh, that is a brutal way to end your season. And I didn't know if the Dodgers were winning a World Series anyway. I said all along the champions coming out of the American League and I still believe it. But 106 wins and you're out in the first round, that's things. And you had a lead at home going into the late innings and you couldn't find a way to put that game in your pocket. That is rough. And I'll tell you something else. Dodger Stadium has become a party zone now in October. Not for the Los Angeles Dodgers, though. You know, like, if you're a team in Major League Baseball, you should get on the phone now and look to book a party next October at Dodger Stadium because a lot of teams are doing it, right? Last night, it was the Washington Nationals. Last year, it was the Boston Red Sox who clinched the World Series at Dodger Stadium. Year before that, it was the Houston Astros who won the World Series at Dodger Stadium. 2015, the Mets went in there and won a Game 5 at Dodger Stadium in the Division Series. How many more big games, how many more elimination games is this franchise going to lose on their home field? That's why home field advantage means absolutely nothing in baseball anymore. It means absolutely nothing. So much so that you saw the Nationals win last night. You saw the St. Louis Cardinals uh, run roughshod over the Braves yesterday, both road teams. That's why if you're a Tampa Bay Rays fan tonight, you got a little pep in your step and you're feeling good. And if you're an Astros fan, you're sweating it out because the last five game fives in the division series in Major League Baseball, the road team has won the last five. So it doesn't matter where these games
2: are being played. Baseball, baseball, baseball. It is that time of the year. And let me tell you, postseason baseball is intense. Got to love it. Stephen A. Smith, probably going to be back tomorrow yelling, screaming. Who knows? He doesn't run controversy. He runs to it. And I run to the radio every day. From six to seven to do the best of the Joe Show because it is my time to share with you. Thank you for also sharing your time with me. I am Dan Day. Give me a follow at Dan Day Radio on Twitter. Also, download the podcast for this show or any of the shows on this radio station, wherever you get your podcast for absolutely free. You can download the radio.com app for absolutely free, or you can go to our website for absolutely free, www.wqam.com. Download those podcasts, download them again. Download them again. Download them again. Speaking of again, I'll be back tomorrow again at 6 o'clock with the best of the Joe Show. Running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. Now, I'm actually running out to Dockers in Dania Beach. Going to be hosting Trivia. I do that Thursday nights, 7.30. Tuesday nights, I do it over at Duffy's Implantation on University. So I'm getting around South Florida, coming to an area near you, and of course, coming to your ears from 6 to 7 weeknights with this show.